This is Sick and Wrong, America's number one source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by the Reach Around Foundation. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, D. Simon. I'm Wackerly, the other host. And uh, this is podcast 34 of Sick and Wrong. How's it going there, Wackerly? It's going pretty good. Yeah, we have a lot to cover uh, right here in uh, podcast 34. And um, yeah, I'm just going to get right into it because Go we just it. have so much to do. Don't hold back, with this show. bitch. So um, I want to start it off by saying I had kind of a unique day at work. Actually, not that unique, really. It was just kind of a run of the mill, you know, work day for me. But it's a Friday, and usually Friday is kind of like a fuck off Friday. You know, people just kind of don't really do anything. Hangover from drinking Thursday night. Yeah, and at least in San Francisco, it seems like half the city doesn't even go to work on Friday. You notice that? San Francisco is a big Thursday night drinking town, so everybody at work the next day is just a piece of shit. Yeah, I've noticed that. Well, it's quite on the contrary for me today. I was like totally fucking slammed. And so I don't really want to go into too much detail as to what I do because it's quite frankly none of your fucking business. Plus it's extremely um, fucking mundane and nobody wants to hear about it. And mindless and boring. Make it sound like you're a fucking secret agent or something. (laughs) So so I work for this dot-com company. And uh, what we do is we make digital online versions of magazines. And initially, when I started working, we had to do like Sports Illustrated, Newsweek, shit like that. But now we outsource magazines. those. Yeah, now, now we outsource those. So pretty much my entire job is focused on porn. So all I do all day is I make porno, digital versions of pornographic magazines. But it's kind of interesting because that's your job security because those those Middle Eastern nations or Near East India. or whatever. The, yeah, but they have like, you know, they're really religious there, so they can't look at porn all day long. I think their eyes like explode or something so or that's just your melt jo- out of their head. That's your job porn. security. Yeah, exactly. But we're, if, we're never going to outsource but if they ever the start, But if they ever start outsourcing to Eastern Europe, you're fucked. <laughs> Yeah, no, there's some deviance over there. Yeah, they it's like outsourcing porn. to Germany or something. But anyway, um, you, you know, so I, I, I do like all these penthouse. I do the penthouse. I do Hustler. I do Swank, which is a new title we, ju- we just um, received. Nice. And I like then Swank. today, my manager comes over to me. He's like, oh, I got a special one for you. I was like, oh, what, what do you have? Plumpers. <laughs> it's Uh-oh. this magazine about fat chicks. And dude, I'm not talking like plump, like, you know, a little overweight here. You know, a little bit of a little too much in the caboose kind of thing. Now, these women are like 260 plus. And it's just a magazine devoted obese. to obese women. I mean, I guess it's like a fetish thing. So I'm like, all right, well, you know, it's probably, what, 50 pages? The thing was like 180 pages of fat women getting fucked. If you're a guy and you like fat chicks, you like a fat magazine. Yeah, it's, it's just weird. I, I never really thought that there would be that many guys that are into fat chicks, but I guess it'd probably be an easier lay. It's like you're setting your sights lower, so... Yeah, but she's got to be on the bottom. But I think some guys actually would rather fuck a big fat chick than a skinny girl. I mean, oh, if yeah, given definitely. the choice. And, yeah. and, the, and the demographic for this magazine definitely prefers a larger woman. Yeah, they're not just bottom feeding. They're, they're going out after that. But that's not the point of this witty anecdote. <laughs> the point is, I'm sitting there going through, and at the end of all of these magazines, there's always like a classified section where you know they, they have like different porn. I think there's one. Even the good ones, right? Yeah, even the good ones yeah. usually have a classified section. But this one in, in, in Plumpers had a section where, there, where you could buy fat porn. Like one, I think one of them was called Lesby Hippos. Yeah, why not? And uh, there's like a black girl, fat black girl porn called Thicker Than a Snicker. But then underneath of it, there was enema porn. And I'm like, enema porn? Yeah, this is the first I've ever heard of it. You'll get that magazine next week. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know. Really Knowing my manager, hell. I'm sure he's going to give me enema. I'm surprised he hasn't given me the gay porn titles. And that guy like tends to uh, kind of laugh about that type of stuff. But um, so I'm looking at, do it. So I'm looking at this ad here, and it's, it's called Klezmos. Klezmos Volume 1, Klezmos Volume 2, and Klezmos Volume 3. And I'm like, Klezmo? What the hell's a Klezmo? Well, it's called Klezmophilia. It's a fetish for people that are into enemas. So people who derive some type of sexual pleasure from enemas are into Klezmophilia. Yeah, I love how you just don't can't just call them perverts anymore. <laughs> no, there's specific terms, and Klezmo is a specific term. So they reference some website at the bottom of this called enematips.com. So... 
you know, being my curious self, I had to uh, look up the site at work, which was kind of a mistake. I don't think you should look at enema websites, enema porn websites especially, at work. It's just you don't want that on your computer. You don't want the IT guy being like, hey, dude, did you see what uh, D. Simon was looking at today? <laughs> Big Brother is always <laughs> watching you. I know. So, But anyway, when I got home today, I looked up uh, enematips.com. And, dude, that website is pretty fucking funny. And I invite all the sick and wrong listeners out there to go to your computer, type in enematips.com. And it's a whole website devoted to, you know, giving yourself or your lover or friend or whatever an enema. And they, and they go through, like, why use an enema, who uses enemas. So in this section here, why use an enema, it's like, I mean, this guy kind of wrote a legitimate website here. I mean, this isn't like, this isn't like you know, a, a typical porn website. And there's no, like, chicks giving each other enemas. No, there aren't any pop-ups or anything like that. I don't think there, there aren't any ads at all. No, it's an informative website. And so it's, it's a says, labor of love for this guy. I think this guy is definitely an uh, authority on klezmos. He's probably Papa Klezmo. <laughs> but he's saying people use enemas for a number of reasons, including a reminder of their treatment as a youth. Many people gravitate toward using an enema to relieve constipation because they received the treatment as a youth and were satisfied with it. They're hooked on the enema. It's a form of punishment, I Can't guess. Can't shit without it. A form of punishment. It's like a dominatrix bondage kind of thing. Anal rectal stimulation. Cleansing before anal sex, which I could see how um, how that could be conducive to uh, anal sex. Yeah. Um, and uh, colonic cleansing. And it's also another way of administering some medications. And then <laughs> I don't know. I'd be I, getting a new doctor immediately. If, if he's like, uh, so you got a headache? Yeah, shove those Advil <laughs> up your ass. Yeah. It says here, um, there's another section, who uses enemas. You can take this doctor's bill and shove it up your ass. How about that? <laughs> So he goes on to, to explain how some people use enemas as a sexual stimulant, usually called clismophiliacs or uh, clismos, and then there's others that uh, use enemas for health reasons. I and, get the um, feeling this guy's primarily interested in the sex angle. Yeah, I think it's the uh, the former for this guy. I think he's definitely a clismo, for sure. He's a, I don't even think he's a closet clismo. No, he's out no. in the open. Yeah, he's out in the open. But so they give they give you um he provides like enema tips and techniques. And you can look if you click on the um on the I think it's like the sidebar of the website, it goes into a <clears> bunch <throat> of di I mean, he gets really descriptive with it too, like how to administer an enema. And he he goes on to saying like all the different types of enemas. And dude, I mean, click on that that link over there. It's like oh, it should, there must be like 30 different types of enemas. And some of them, quite frankly, are pretty intimidating. I don't think I would shove any of those things in my ass. I mean, some of them are huge. But, I don't know, I guess if you're into enemas, and you probably want a bigger one. But he's saying here <laughs> bigger that... Bigger um, or more fluid? I don't... No, like a big... That's what You need like a big water bottle kind of thing. That, oh, right. So that's that, more fluid that's going to go into your ass. They, that goes into your colon. So what, what he says, he's like, what you will need to uh, give yourself an enema. And this is what's kind of cool about Sick and Wrong is we're providing an educational service here. We're like we're like helping people because I'm sure some of our audience might be constipated, yeah, might be a little backed up. Well, this is a good way to uh, lighten the load, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> so uh, what you need is a comfortable spot that might allow for cleanup to occur. Your bed with a couple of bath towels might be good. You need an enema bag, a disposable one might be good for you for your first time. But then you want to use a reusable one as you give yourself, you know, them more often. Yeah, you don't want to go buy a new enema bag every time. <laughs> that could get pricey. I wonder if the Klezmos have, like, uh, monogrammed enema bags, like his and hers. Or, the like, the bondage leather naughty enema bag. A thermometer is helpful. Lubricant, KY or Astroglide. Some water and a toilet nearby. And then my favorite That's thing key. is... Don't forget the toilet. <laughs> Some place. Oh, don't forget the toilet. Some place to hang the enema bag. Yeah, I, I guess you just kind of need a hook. Not not for a towel. Just that's my hook for my enema bag. Right, a special dedicated hook. And then he also recommends rubber gloves, enema solution, candles might help you relax. Okay, this guy's going <laughs> off the deep end. And a partner can make it easier, and it can make the whole experience a little more fun. 
And then he goes into describing. It's all about like, fun. Don't forget about that. That's what this is all about. Well, what's funny is have he, fun. He describes all the don't different don't start positions. stressing about all the stuff you need and oh these rubber gloves aren't the right ones and what's my partner gonna think? It's about fun. No, don't just, forget that it's just, all about fun. Seriously, just let yourself go. Have fun. Let it all hang. It's out. like some people go to the beach to have fun. Other people like shove a bag up their ass and a bunch of cleaning solution. Yeah. So um, he describes a bunch of different positions you can use. I guess the left side position is one of the uh, most common ones. There's also the doggy style slash knee chest position. There's the on your back, and then there's the over the knee for the more experienced enema klezmo person. (laughs) Which actually, that one to me just seems a little bit wrong. It's like you lie across your partner's lap and they administer the enema like that. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> it, just, it just sounds odd. So at some one other podcast, we talked about something, and there was a risk of blowback, and I think that <laughs> applies here also. Watch out for blowback if you're helping your partner who's into the enema, especially the over the knee position. Maybe I, a face guard should be duck. put on that list of stuff you want. I think you should wear like a whole like hazmat suit. Yeah, if you're or, the other guy or something or yeah. girl, as but, the case um, may be. They go here and they tell for the uh, receiver, uh, the the person receiving the enema here is find a good position. Lubricate the anus. As the nozzle is inserted, relax your, as it passes your sphincter. And then uh, if you feel the need to evacuate, ask your partner <laughs> to stop the flow. What if, your part- what if your partner feels the need to evacuate the building? <laughs> I just don't get... I don't, I don't know. I'll, I'll get to this in a second. You might feel your stomach expanding. Let it. Try to hold the enema for a few minutes. As you get more used to it, you'll be able to hold it for at least 10 to 20, which I, w- I wonder if that's how they rate. Like if you're an experienced Klezmo, it's like, yeah, dude, I had 25 minutes the other day. Can you get into the Guinness Book of World Records? For holding an enema? You know, I wonder. <laughs> you definitely make a sick and wrong record. Yeah. Uh, when it's time to evacuate, take yourself with the tube still in place to the bathroom. Wait until you're in position before you remove the tube. I wonder if it's like as soon as you pull it out, it's just like pulling a cork you know, out of a bottle of wine. It's just like pop, like champagne, <laughs> champagne or something. More like it. <laughs> so uh, the guy goes on, goes on to uh, describe a bunch of different enema recipes, of which there are probably about 20. Uh, two of my favorite ones. You mean different concoctions you can put in the, for the fluid you're talking about? Yeah, for the fluid, there's like at least 20 different re- recipes. I guess he says you could use soap for and uh, vinegar. Kool-Aid? Um, oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, my favorite one is beer. Beer or wine enemas are uh, quite popular. Uh, you'll want them to be warm. Surprisingly, you'll get quite drunk. I guess uh, just huh. having the beer in Now your I'm ass. interested. <laughs> well, you know, I never really thought about that. But if you uh, shove alcohol in your ass, you can get kind of drunk from it. Yeah, some people shoot coke up their ass, right? Yeah, you know, I remember I uh, briefly dated a girl when I used to work at the strip club. Yeah, who was classy in, lady. Who was into booty bumps. And was always like constantly threatening to give me one, but and I don't just, understand because the coke is dry. How do you, do you melt no, it with a flame or something? I saw her give her friend a booty bump, and what she did is she had like a kind of like a turkey baster kind of thing. <laughs> so it was like she like kind of liquefied the coke, like dissolved it in like some water, and just kind of shot it up her ass. Why do like a majority of our stories we do here involve turkey basters. <laughs> I don't know. We should sell a uh, sick and wrong turkey baster on the website. Yeah, with like sick and wrong right. like laminate on the yeah. sign. Official sick and wrong turkey baster. And you could use it for anything. I mean, there's just so many uses for a turkey baster. Right. So I guess alcohol is absorbed much more quickly in the intestines and the stomach, so you'll need to be careful. Using hard alcohol is not a good idea because you can die from this. Everclear enema. (laughs) Which is kind of a fucked up way to go if you think about it. It's just like, yeah, I was giving myself an enema of Jack Daniels. Your parents will not be (laughs) proud (laughs) at your funeral. Let's put it that way. What would the obituary say? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. So, uh, yeah, just use beer or wine. I imagine malt liquor probably would be kind of good if you're into that. Mickey's or Crazy Horse? No, I, I'd probably use King Cobra. <laughs> this is Fab Five Freddy and Billy D. Williams. <laughs> We're just giving each other some malt liquor enemas. Okay. <laughs> also, um, you can also use coffee enemas. I guess uh, coffee enemas have been used in the past for colonic cleansing. Have you ever noticed that, though? When you drink a cup of coffee, you immediately have to shit? Yeah. You drink a cup of coffee, smoke a cigarette, you're going to have to shit. But even but, uh, if you drink a bunch of wine, the next day you'll have some nasty black turd, too. 
Yeah. So like I can't purple. imagine if you shove it up there. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I couldn't imagine. Like, it kind of gives a new definition to beer shits. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, it's about almost all I have to say about this this uh, this disgusting subject here. But what's funny about this website is he has an anima erotic fiction contest going on. So you can actually go to the website and click on a bunch of different there's there are like several different anima erotica stories. You know how like Penthouse Forum right. has those like sex stories? Well, this guy has anima stories. And so I was just reading a couple of them. Dude, they're pretty funny. Seriously, I mean, it's just like, it's so weird to me that someone finds this erotic, but then again, I'm not really surprised by anything anymore uh, after the, doing 30 <clears throat> podcasts here. The funny thing is, it's it's like he had a contest, and, and there's like 20 stories here, but these are just the winners of the contest, so he had a bunch of stories that were dude, either must've... not as interesting or just <laughs> too disgusting for him to put up, well, but and they're long, they're like... You know, a page, oh, at well, least. No, but they're an internet page. But if you print it out on normal paper, it'd be like three or four pages, and well, they just go on and on. And and these whoever's writing the stories have other issues too. Like here's one, is about uh, a guy reminiscing about when he was 15. Obviously, this is just purely his fantasy world. But uh, he's reminiscing when he was 15. Uh, his hot 21 year old cousin came over, and his hot 21 year old cousin, <laughs> female. And his mom both gave him an enema. Dude, isn't that incestuous? Doesn't that well, sound he, no, incestuous to you? No, he has some weird fetish thing with his mom and his cousin, and they're both giving him an enema. And he's on the dinner table because he doesn't want to. Uh, he doesn't want to shit his bed. So his mom <laughs> says, "Well, why don't you just get on the dinner table?" I, I wouldn't go over there for any Sunday dinners. <laughs> but let me just read the. I'm not. It's like I said. It's so long. Just read like an excerpt. I'll read you the last paragraph. <clears throat> Uh, so this is the guy. He's saying, I can't go if you're watching, I said. Mom laughed and said, you won't be able to hold it long. Linda was still giggling. That's the cousin. I looked down and realized why. I had a reflection. I don't know what that means. That's what they were talking about. A reflection about, like, what the fuck am I doing right now? Or he could see his only reflection in the puddle of feces or something <laughs> like that. With that, water started the to drip. Back. Water started to drip from me, then gush. And pop and splash and then a fart. That's how it's written. Lots of R's and T's and fart. More splashes and pops and squirts and farts. Then I was empty. I cleaned myself and put on my briefs and pajamas. I don't, I don't know why he's 15 and wearing pajamas around the house. Which mom brought me. It's completely Linda, twisted. Linda again thanked me. She smiled and said, don't worry. I won't embarrass you by telling anyone about your natural reaction. It's our secret. Dude, that I don't know. That that is just bizarre to me. But I mean, there are like probably twenty of these stories. So yeah, they're all equally. Yeah, as people weird go check it out. EnemaTips dot com. But uh, real quick before we end this subject, have you ever actually had an enema wackerly? Uh, I'm sad to say that yes, I have. You have? Yeah. Did your mom give it to you? Yeah, I was probably eight <laughs> years old. Do you remember Teen. it vividly? <laughs> Eighteen. Eighteen. <laughs> Twenty-eight. <laughs> But I mean, was it what, like why did you have it? Was it like a medical thing? Right, I was backed up, and your mom's just like, "I'm gonna have to give this enema to you." You know, when you're little and you just eat anything and you don't pay attention to like <laughs> your body or yeah, you know, impacted colon. I think they call it. Yeah, I, I don't know how. And I yes, made I it. remember it. It's not the type of thing you forget <laughs> easily. Did you ever speak about it again with your mom, like Christmas dinner? No. So it was never brought up again. We shall never speak of it again. We should almost call here. your mom and ask her about it because it would be, you know, it's it's topical. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I Maybe she that... can come on the show next in like, podcast 50 or something and talk about the enema she gave me when I was eight. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, right. It's funny. For the 30 years of my life, I've never actually had an enema. So maybe I am missing out on a lot. Well, That's you know, you just, you just jinxed yourself. In about a month, yeah. you're just gonna not be able to shit for like five days, and I'm gonna have to ask once my you're girlfriend. in that once you're in that position, the five days or something, you don't really have any other Dude, way I'm out. I'm so asking my girlfriend tonight to give me an enema. There's always a suppository. Yeah, I'm not into that. Not into but that. really, it's like the you know what? way out. Yeah, I mean, why don't you just go eat a bunch of Taco Bell? I would never. Yeah, smoke a cigarette, and drink a cup of coffee. I, I think that's always worked for me. On that note, anyway, let's move on with the show. People, go check it out, enematips.com. Read some of that enema erotica. It would turn your stomach. It's pretty sick. And Unless wrong. you're into that sort of thing. Yeah. 
can almost use that as a story here. Well, people, as you know, Sick and Wrong is a competition between myself and uh, Mr. Wackerly over here. We find the most disturbing, disgusting news item of the week presented here on the show. The audience votes, Sick and Wrong Podcast at Hotmail.com, and the winner gets a case of beer. And I believe last week I won with that dog with the beehive tumor. I must have received like 30 or 40 votes for that. Everyone yeah, was sickened by that. Everyone was sickened by but that. But you also used my technique, so I don't feel as bad. You went for the animal sympathy. The animal sympathy works every time. I'm going to have to remember that in the future. So there's so, no um, animal stories this week, I hope. No, I don't have an animal story. But break. I do have a good one. But I uh, believe you're up first this week here for uh, Podcast 34. <laughs> This story is out of Chicago, Cook County. Madin Azad Amin. I used to live in Cook County. Madin Azad Amin, 29 of Skokie, which is, I guess, outside of Chicago. Is that guy the leader of Iran? Uh, he looks like he's like an American Arabian or whatever you call those guys. Uh, he was stopped uh, August 16th at O'Hare International Airport trying to get on a plane. Uh, the guards, uh, security, I guess you call them, uh, found an object in his baggage that resembled a grenade. When officers asked him to... This is at O'Hare? This is at O'Hare. O'Hare Airport. Major, major airport, airline, plane travel hub in the Midwest. Which blows my mind that someone would go through security, especially now, with an object that looks like a grenade in his luggage. Yeah. Or his carry-on. It is surprising. Yeah. And when officers... Stupidity. When officers asked him to identify it... Especially this, an Arabic fellow. Yeah, this Arabic guy. Officer said, hey, what's that? Amin said it was a bomb. He says it's a bomb. He says it's a bomb. So, so I'm sure they just housed the shit out of him. Dude, like, I mean, everyone must have flipped Everybody out. hit the ground. <laughs> but here's, the, here's why this story gets on sick and wrong. He later told officials he'd lied about the item. Why, do you ask? Because his mother was nearby, and he didn't want her to hear that it was part of a penis pump. <laughs> So he had a penis pump in his luggage? <laughs> Amin's attorney told a Cook County judge, he's actually being, uh, he's at his hearing right now. Dude, I now. think we're giving terrorists some good ideas right now. <laughs> yeah. He he told the Cook County, or his attorney he's told- just the, a penis pump, nothing he, more. He told a, a Cook County judge at his hearing, his attorney did, told the judge, sorry, that uh, he had whispered that the component was, a pump, it's a pump. <laughs> And the guard mister misunderstood <laughs> and thought he said bomb. Oh, and he was saying it's a pump. Well, no, this is what his attorney says. Okay. Uh, he's standing with his mother. Of course he's not going to shout out, it's part of my penis bump. <laughs> Although you probably would, Simon. I, yeah, I, I, I don't think I'd really care. However, the, the guard says that, I mean, clearly said the word bomb. Uh, so uh, he's charged with a felony, uh, disorderly conduct, and it could he could get a three-year prison sentence as he, if he's convicted. Dude, they're probably going to send the guy to Guantanamo. Poor dude. <laughs> and he's going to be in there. He's like, oh, what are you in for? I'm in for my penis pump. So the, the security... Worst Arabic accent he's ever. Compl he's complaining the security officials didn't give him a chance to explain the misunderstanding. They should have seen that his mom was there and he was embarrassed about his penis pump. Did they pull out the that pump? That he's taking on vacation with his mom. You know where they're going? <laughs> Turkey. Which is where you're going soon with your dad. I suggest you leave your penis pump. Yeah, I'm not going to bring the pump with me. Um, Amin says he doesn't consider a penis pump an unusual object to own. And here's the best part of the story. <laughs> it's normal, he said. Half of America, they use it. <laughs> but I really only told that Half of America but use I, a penis pump? Well, that's what he thinks in his weird uh, Arabian or Indian or whatever the hell he is. Uh, American mind. Okay. He's pretty, but I, I only told that story to kick off this other story. You might story. be right, you know. I've got a bumper. He probably wishes he got this judge in that hearing. Judge gets four years for exposing himself. A former judge, this is in Bristow, Oklahoma, uh, convicted of exposing himself while presiding over jury trials right about this by guy. using a sexual device under his robe, <laughs> was sentenced Friday to four years in prison. Donald Thompson, who's 59, uh, his former court reporter, you know, the, the stenographer or whatever they call them, they yeah. uh, type out all the everything that's said. His former court, court reporter, Lisa Foster, testified that she saw Thompson expose himself at least 15 times during a trial between 2001 and 2003. 
uh, Thompson uh, testified that <laughs> your honor not him because he's on trial so wait, now during... <laughs> I gotta get through this you gotta let me get through it so he's a judge and he's on trial but he <laughs> says your honor this penis pump was given to me by as a joke by a long time hunting and fishing buddy <laughs> it wasn't something I was hiding that's my Ross Perot voice because I just think that this guy sounds like that he said I may have absentmindedly squeezed the pump handle during court cases, but I never used it to masturbate. <laughs> Why was it he even He admits there? to having it at his, what do you call that where the judge sits? The bench. The bench. He, so he has it under the, the bench, bench. And he's squeezing it, <laughs> but I'm not using it to masturbate. Your Honor, Your Honor. So wait, the court reporter actually witnessed him using the pump underneath his robe. Yeah, he's full of shit. Foster, the court reporter, told authorities that she saw Thompson use the device almost daily during the <laughs> August 2003 murder trial of a man accused of shaking a toddler to death. <laughs> oh, Jesus, dude. <laughs> a whooshing sound could be heard on Foster's <laughs> audio tape of the trial. Jurors actually asked about the whooshing sound. Like, what the hell is that noise? And the judge during this trial said, uh, Well, I haven't heard it, but I'll keep listening for it. <laughs> Uh, investigators, so the whole thing actually blew up when uh, this court reporter came out, and actually, an actual cop that was at a different trial saw the penis pump. Um, investigators later checked the carpet behind the bench and Thompson's robe uh, and his chair and found semen stains. Dude, so this judge was masturbating during a murder murder trial with a penis pump. Daily, for like a long <laughs> murder trial. I mean, I guess they do get kind of boring. Hey, it's just this thing a fishing buddy gave me. <laughs> I think Judge Thompson would have been uh, sympathetic to uh, Marina Zada Means' plight. Yeah, with his I bet penis you. Penis pump insecurity. If at he the had that judge, I'm sure he probably would have gotten off with a slap on the wrist, yeah. maybe a quick pump of the dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, on the sick and wrong scale, um, that's gonna have to rank kind of high. That the, the uh, double penis pump action that you pulled out. Yeah. Um, that, that I'm gonna have to give that on the sick and wrong scale. Uh, probably about an eight. I'm going to uh, pump that up to a nine. Just because you're about double? Double penis pump action? Double the penis pumping. Well, we invite the uh, audience to vote Sick I didn't podcast. Actually, yeah, I didn't actually know that. Uh, I just th I thought penis pumps, pe people, penises. People use them to enlarge their penises, but I guess it's just for pleasure. I, I always thought, you know, I've never actually used one of those either, but I always thought people did it to, like, enlarge their erections. No, it sounds like it's more of a sex toy. See, this and is a good question for my brother, because yeah, my brother's no stranger know. to a penis pump. He will know. We'll bring him back on to talk about the penis pump. And, and can I also point out one more thing before I'm off here? Uh, I always like the headlines of these things. The headline of the first story was, Authorities bomb was sex gadget like they don't know what it is like just say penis pump everybody knows what a fucking penis pump is okay sex gadget oh this weird sex gadget object i what could it be so we invite the audience to vote sick and wrong podcast at hotmail.com but before you uh go to that uh that email address you got to hear my story for uh podcast 34 <laughs> So, um, as always, there actually is a very common occurrence here on Sick and Wrong. There's a story that's all over the news that uh, has been getting a lot of media attention. But we have to do but it. But we have to do it because it's just so sick and wrong. Kind of like that guy that cannibalized the little girl. Remember that? Yeah. A while ago, he yeah. was like he can or he was going to cannibalize her, like cook her up. I mean that that art that article was all over the place, and so th this is a kind of like a big, huge news item like throughout the world, and I'm sure you've heard of it. But um, what happened here is a kidnapped girl was held eight years in a garage. This happened in a in a Austria, Vienna, Austria. A young woman is told police she escaped a kidnapper. Kidnapper. After being held for eight years in a sealed garage, apparently resolving a missing child case that shook Austria since 1998. Um, police said relatives identified her as Natasha Kampusch, who uh, vanished in 1998 at the age of 10 while walking to school. Did you read about this article? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's been receiving... Had European articles for a while. Yeah, that's what's kind of cool about it. It's actually over in Europe, and it's not a domestic article, so... Yeah. Yeah, a sick and wrong event happening 
overseas. Her suspected kidnapper, and this is the best, this is the best name, Wolfgang Pricklopel. <laughs> uh, Wolfgang Pricklopel was a communications technician. He committed suicide by throwing himself in front of a Vienna commuter train when a manhunt was, uh, was underway for him. After, so after the girl escaped, the dude freaked out, got in his car, drove away, and uh, it was just like, you know what, dude? I got to commit suicide. Pussy. Uh, could you imagine the trial this dude would have received? Yeah, but why commit suicide? You at least got to try the, wouldn't me? <laughs> I mean, you can, can always you, kill yourself. How could you deny it? They, I mean, the, the police actually searched his house and found the cellar. That's not my house. keeping this girl. <laughs> That's not my house. <laughs> I never lived there. I have no idea who this girl is. Nope. <laughs> but I don't, know um, how yeah. those, I don't know how the house keys got in my pocket. Dude, Fuck they you. They would have given this guy the gas chamber, though, I'm sure. Yeah, but so why kill yourself? It's going to happen. Just wait yeah. for it. Have so, some fun with it. <laughs> Just ride that rocket. So uh, DNA tests have confirmed the identity of a young Austrian woman believed to have been held captive in the basement dungeon and she was sexually assaulted over an eight-year period. Um, I guess uh, after the guy committed suicide, they were looking you know, into this case and found out that um, he had kidnapped her on her way to school, threw her in a van, brought her in there, and she was pretty much just sealed in a uh, room, a secret room in his, in his garage. And there are pictures on the We're going to have to post a few of these pictures on the uh, website. But there are pictures of this guy's like, elaborate dungeon that he, he built. I mean, he had been building this like a couple of years before he kidnapped her. So he'd been, planning, yeah, he'd be been prepared. planning this for a He's while. He's probably a Boy Scout. Yeah, or something. A spelunker. But did you see the picture of the dude? He kind of looked like that Peter Pan guy on the internet. You know that the internet, internet famous guy? Yeah, that internet phenomenon, that dude that dresses up as like <clears throat> Peter Pan. Yeah. He's kind of a puff. See, if this guy had an outlet like that for his <laughs> anxieties and stress, then he probably wouldn't have kidnapped this girl. Yeah, I actually think it is the Peter Pan guy. Because that <laughs> guy looks like a fucking pervert to me. This guy's a little chunkier in the face. Yeah, maybe, but he has the same hair that like he Prince does Valley have the same hair. hair and sort of the same facial structure and the same kind of green outfit with the fringes <laughs> and the tights <laughs> and the green hat. <laughs> so uh, family members said that uh, that Natasha, who's now 18, was held in absolutely appalling conditions under a garage behind a house outside uh, outside his uh, in Vienna. Photos released by police showed a small cluttered room with narrow stairs leading to a small entrance. They showed a bed, a sink, a toilet, as well as children's books. And in the pictures, I was looking at it, I was like, you know what? It actually doesn't look that bad. No. I mean, it kind of looked like a Best Western to me. No window, though. Yeah, there's no window. But I mean, as far as like... No Skinamax. Yeah, well, was... <laughs> as far as holes in the uh, basement where she could be put... Like, remember in uh, Signs of the Lambs? Yeah, that was like the... a well. Yeah, those fat girls were put in like a well. You know, it's just a well with, like, running water and, you know, I mean, just like, in, yeah, I mean, there is just like a, a well in the middle of the ground. Whereas uh, this girl had, like, a room, you know, she even was able to watch TV sometimes. Had I books think I to even read. saw a fan. You yeah. Know, get, a, get a nice little breeze going. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. During and those a toilet. hot, hot Austrian nights. <laughs> Family members believe that sexual molestation did take place on numerous occasions over several years. They also say that for several months, if not several years... Natasha was gagged in that cellar so you so she couldn't scream to alert the neighbors. That it kinda, it totally that reminds sucks. me. It totally reminds me of um the guy from uh, Science of the Lambs, Buffalo Bill. Yeah, except this girl still has her skin. <laughs> yeah, he he was wasn't he planning to make like a coat out of the fat girls or something? Yeah, total it puts skin, a lotion whole, on whole the skin, skin or else it gets the hose again. Right. Yeah, with that little dog. Uh for most of the time she was held securely under lock and key. But over the years, I mean, she'd been held for eight years. The man who she came to call her master, I guess she referred to him as master, uh, became incre increasingly careless. And eventually she saw an opportunity to escape, which is kind of weird, dude. I mean, this girl's only 10 years old. How old is he, does it say? 44. So he was 34. Well, 36. Right? He 36. was 36 when he uh, actually kidnapped her. And she was only 10. So... He must have been like some type of father figure to her, but he made her call him master. Kind of like that Metallica song, Obey Your Master. But it's a, he has a sexual fetish for this 10-year-old girl when he kidnaps her, right? Yeah, well, he must have. I mean, he, he molested her over the years. So my question is, um, 
do you think he was getting kind of sick of it? Because <laughs> he obviously has a thing for 10-year-old girls, and now she's like 18. 18. And just kind of like, oh, God. He's not a murderer. He doesn't have it in him to murder her, which I guess is a good thing. Good yeah, quality. Yeah, you know, luckily for her. But I wonder if he was sort of getting sloppy, being kind of like, ah, you know. You know when you have a pet that just sucks? <laughs> it's like always <laughs> sick, and it's just not friendly, and... You know, smells really bad and shits in the house. And you're just like, oh, I wish this fucking thing would run away. Maybe it was like that. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like that, that, that definitely seems like something. I mean, that seems reasonable. I mean, when he, she started to have uh, menstruation, that must have been a big well, downer for him. Well, that's what I was wondering, dude. I mean, so th this girl spent her formative years with this guy, like her adolescence. So she must have been starting to become a woman and learning. How, how did he teach her about menstruation? Do you think he just bought her a couple maxi pads and just like just stick that on there? <laughs> Cover up your gash. <laughs> Did he show her how to use a tampon? I mean, don't mothers do that for their daughters? Wouldn't know. Yeah, I, I don't know I assume either. that's I, what I, happens. I assume, yeah, I, I assume that happens. But, I mean, she, there had to have been bodily, female bodily issues that this guy had to deal with, like the first yeast infection. I mean, what did this guy do? Go out and get some gynecologist? You have to. Yeah, but I mean... He's her caretaker. I bet you, though, that's probably what turned him off. It's like, you know, he got to the point where he's like, you know, I'm, she's just not attractive to me anymore. She's not 10. You know, there's like grass in the ballpark. I'm annoyed. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he, that's probably why he was growing careless. Yeah, whereas uh, us red-blooded American males, we love the yeast infection and the bloody menses and, you know, big furry <laughs> beavers. <laughs> I yeah. love it. Normal American males. But, you know, I, I do wonder if she was growing, like, increasingly agitated and becoming, like, you know, one of those, you know, insufferable teenagers. Does she still have the brain of a 10-year-old? I mean, she hasn't been out of this house or seen anybody or apparently, talked to uh, anybody well, else? Apparently, uh, police officers and the neighbor who she, she ran to said that she was, like, really articulate and very chatty. And so it, it said that there are books down there. So he must have, you know, taught her how to read and it said that well, she uh, knew he how was, to read if she was 10. Well, she was 10. Yeah. You don't know. It's Austria. <laughs> Isn't that third world over there? Yeah. They're all on welfare. <laughs> but no, he was saying that, um, you know, he had tutored her and taught her things. So uh, apparently I think this guy. Sexy things. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess what happened is uh, he was she was washing his car. I don't know if it's the van that he actually kidnapped her in. See what I mean, dude? He, <laughs> he kidnapped her for sexual purposes, and now he's just bored. Like like when you Making get bored with your old, ugly pet that used to be cute when it was little. <laughs> and he's just like, go wash the car, dust, or take the garbage out. Jesus. Dude, Bob Saget did the same thing with the Olsen twins. As soon as they started getting old and anorexic, he was just like, here's the door. Just get out of my house. Why don't you go merchandise yourselves or something? <laughs> but yeah, so I guess she was washing the car. He got a cell phone call, walked around the house to take the call, and she just got up and ran. Ran you know, to her neighbor. You knew who was on the call, right? Who? It was his new 10-year-old hussy. <laughs> he didn't want the old, the old bag to find out about the new trim. <laughs> he, he was cheating on her. He, he just didn't want her to hear about it. But I guess, um, so she was reunited with her mother, who hadn't seen her in like eight years, who uh, almost had a breakdown. I guess the uh, father is divorced from the mother, and the father was uh, speechless um, when, um, when they found her. I guess everyone thought that um, she was dead, and they had like actually dragged lakes looking for her corpse. And there was a massive fruitless search that extended into neighboring Hungary, and no one was able to find anything because she was in this guy's garage just that whole time. Yeah. And so... Um, Asked why the woman had not tried to flee until now, um, one of the investigators said that she seemed to have had Stockholm Syndrome, which is a, path, a psychological condition in which captives identify with their captors. Right, like Patty Hearst. So, yeah. So, he was the master, and uh, she identified with him and was just like, you know, there's no reason to escape. I'm, I'm digging this little room with a— Doesn't ever have to go to school. Yeah. This guy—I mean, dude, she—, she if you think about it, it's almost ideal, other than the uh, the sexual assaults and uh, being under lock and key. Having to wash the car and do chores. Fuck yeah. that. Yeah. I, I would have escaped, too. But uh, we're all glad that um, that uh, she has uh, returned to her parents in a safe condition. But on the sick and wrong scale, being that this girl was spent the eight years of her life and is going to be completely fucked up for the rest of her life, probably will never be able to have a normal relationship again. No. In fact, I bet you she won't be able to sleep in a normal bed. 
Just a little cot. <laughs> Downstairs. In a closet. In the basement. Yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, the fact that she's going to experience some severe developmental um, complications for the rest of her life, I'm going to have to give this a 9.2. Oh, that's a little high. You think so? I'm Eight thinking, years? Kidnapped? Well, sexually assaulted? I'm thinking... Peter a, Pan? I'm thinking 8.7, and I'll tell you why. The one thing that I'm disappointed with... <laughs> whoa. Uh, You're disappointed that you didn't make like a pair of mittens out of her. <laughs> well, that, but even simpler than that, I'm disappointed they they won't show pictures of her now. Every time they sh- they're like there are pictures of her, but she's got her when she was ten. Well, or she has a coat over her head. Yeah, I saw or that. something. I want to see what she looks like. You know, I bet you in uh, follow up articles they're going to show a picture of her now after she's eaten some food. They've and, got it. You know what? She's yeah. got to go on Oprah. Yeah, I'm sure there's like an Austrian Oprah. Oprah will take foreigners or something. Miss Hitler, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure there's something like some type of show she could go on. Yeah, maybe. Uh, actually, I'm sure Oprah's. You know, Oprah is the uh, angel of the earth. Oh, dude, you know, so, o- Oprah <laughs> is slavering at just getting this. You know, she's slobbering she's all over. She's salivating right yeah, now, just salivating, waiting to get waiting this story. To get this girl on her show. They're, they're, her people are calling this other this girl's people right now. And you know, Springer's pissed because he would have had the captor and the and the captive, and they would have thrown chairs at each yeah. other. <laughs> they would have gotten really pissed, and he's just like, God damn it, he committed suicide. Yeah. There goes my ratings. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So anyway, we invite the Sick and Wrong listening audience to vote for this. Um, sick and Wrong podcast at Hotmail.com. You decide who gets the case of beer for podcast 34. Penis pump. Penis pump. Penis pump. America. America. to uh, wrap up this podcast here um as usual towards the end of the podcast i like to discuss listener email of which we've been receiving many to uh sick and wrong podcast hotmail.com a couple of them that we've received recently have um some listeners gracious listeners have uh, decided to bestow suggestions and criticisms of the show in an effort to make the show better people there's always room for improvement i I admit that and you know, I'm I'm trying to look at this without looking at it like a critical eye. I don't want to be. I don't want to take this personally. I like to take this criticism constructively. And I think the people that sent us these emails are saying that they love the show, but this is how the show could be that much better. So, um, this guy, I think his name is Sack. <laughs> I'm not quite sure. That's that's how he signed it. S A C. Say he's been listening to many of the Sick Wrong podcasts in the last few weeks. They make good entertainment for his out of state trips. And um, yeah, thank you for that. We we like to entertain you when you're when you're driving your car out of state. Nice. But he does mention something which actually a couple other uh, listeners have emailed me about. Uh, he says, "I must admit, I find the rating system you guys use to be a bit inconsistent. It's so subjective. For example, I think killing fifty thousand dogs is a lot worse than fondling a few retards. I mean, would a retard even know it was bad? It's probably no worse for them than going to the bathroom or eating a notebook." It's a good point. <laughs> Why do I get the feeling that when this guy says he's driving on business trips, he's actually driving around the country looking for retards to abduct? Yeah, and maybe. now he's just rationalizing his his hobby. But he does have a he does have a couple good points here. He proposes a more formal sick and wrong rating scale. Points could be garnered for individual article elements. He came up with a scale when he was bored at work the other day. Feel free to use it, change it, forget you ever saw it, print it, burn it, whatever. Under this scale, it'd be very easy for a story to get a couple points, but difficult to be a perfect 10. Because, you know, our, our grading system is relatively arbitrary. It's completely subjective. I just kind of like, yeah, just pick out a random figure based on how sick I think the article is. Yeah, how I'm feeling. If I have gas, I might yeah. score something lower. So uh, he gives us a list here. So one point if the story contains an illegal act. Two points if the story contains an immoral act. 
Three points if a story contains intentional physical and mental harm. Four points if the story contains intentional sexual harm. Five points if a story contains death, either intentional or unintentional. Six points if it contains abuse of a minor, senior citizen, handicapped person, or animal. Uh, Seven points if the story contains multiple victims. And eight points if the story contains one or more of the following. Bestiality, necrophilia, cannibalism, or consumption of human-animal waste. That's like an automatic eight. And so if a story gets nine and ten, it has to have two discretionary points given for exceptional creativity, shock factor, or overall sickness, which I kind of agree with him. Because you, have, you know, but I'm just way too lazy to go through all that. Well, that that was my point after I after I was uh, you know through the, with this. You know what this reminds me of? You, you've watched Jeopardy, right, or other game shows? Yes. You know, Alex Trebek, I guess, is a pretty smart guy. But sometimes the guest, the contestant, will give an answer, and Alex Trebek doesn't really know if it's right or not. And then he looks over to the side at the judges, the judging panel. We need to hire this guy to, to be sort a, of sit over panel. to the side. See? And then when when it's obvious what should be scored, we'll score it. But when there's a gray area, then we look over to him, and so he uses his need... sick and wrong computing skills so you're calculator. We need a penis pumping arbitrator in the sick and wrong studio. Well, a panel of experts or a panel of experts. Just this guy. I don't that know if anybody else is going to commit this much time it. to it. Yeah. Well, you know, I actually kind of agree with uh, Sack here. D, we're maybe... going to have to go to the judges on this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I kind of agree with Sack here. Maybe we should adopt some type of more formal rating scale. We'll have to, we'll have to discuss this in greater detail. He also mentions that some elements would be worth more than one point. For example, raping a goat would count as several points because it qualifies under a few different criteria, which I kind of agree with him. A mountain goat or a domesticated goat? I think he means domesticated. Okay. But, um, yeah, I, I do agree with you, uh, Sack. Thank you for taking the time to do that. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe we should evaluate our grading process. It, it just made me think. It made me think. Does this guy's email address sort of indicate where he's working? Because <laughs> I think he's wasting a lot of time, company time. Yeah, I think it's Taco Bell. He, <laughs> Dot um, com. <laughs> he also mentions that we should have different theme music. Uh, between each other for our re- weekly articles, but the music—we're not I, changing the theme music. I'm putting my foot. Well, down. the music that I use isn't actually theme music; it's bumper music. It's supposed to separate intro from your article, from my article, from the end. So right. it's actually bumper music. But maybe we could use some type of theme music for each other. Mm. You know, pretty attached to the weird. Something, owl. something to think about. Yeah. A couple other people mentioned that we should have like a different. Uh, voting system on our website, which I think we should get to when, when one of these days. Yeah, we, we'll get to it when we get to it. Yeah, well, one of these days we'll end up doing that. Like it's that and, hard um, to send a goddamn email. Yeah. And finally, I want to end the uh, show here with my new favorite song. It's called It Puts the Lotion on His Skin. Oh, how fitting. Yeah, very fitting. It goes with it, the story it, it, from it Austria. The story. It's from a band called The Greenskeepers. Uh, Wackerly actually found it, and uh, we're going to post the video on the website. And the video is great because it's 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 kind of a mashup they do the song and it's in its video material from signs of the lambs right. buffalo bill buffalo actually bill. singing the song it puts the lotion in the basket On i the guess skin. i guess the greenskeepers check them out greenskeepers.com they're a chicago-based rock funk band and um yeah they kind of had a hit with lotion and um they also have another song with uh herve what's his name villachez villachez tattoo from fantasy island it's called de plane, filipino de plane. phil so, uh, yeah, go check out our website, stickaroundpodcast.com, and uh, download the video. You can send it to your friends because it's pretty cool. And uh, here's the song right now, um, Lotion by the Greenskeepers. Until uh, next week, Podcast 35. Smell you later. Bye. I'm looking down the hole. You're looking up at me. You're cold and tired. That is easy to see. Lower the rope to you. A bucket on the line. Your membrane will be soft and smooth And your heart will be mine It rubs the lotion on its skin Or as it gets the hose again It rubs the lotion on its skin Or as it gets the hose again Yes, precious, it gets the